Good morning. It is good to be here. And uh, always, I say this, we are in our church, our home church. That's what we feel when we are coming to Taylor, mostly to <coughs> Christ Fellowship Church. Uh, before going further, I want to say happy, happy anniversary from me and from my board members and from all watch and pray. Uh, I will bring a greeting and also happy, happy anniversary. It's not easy for 40 years. And for how many years you have been here now, Jeff, and uh, your family? My family has been here since 1985. Yeah. And uh, it's not easy to stay in one church all this year when we have a church market. Do you know about church market? Somebody came to our church. He said, I'm marketing a church. He's looking for a good church. And he's asking me, which one is a good church? I said, when you find one, I will join you. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, church is like a big tree where every bird is coming and staying on that tree. Some birds are very pokey. They are poking you. Some birds are very nice. They are singing this nice melody. And they are beautiful. Some birds are, do you know this bird? which is attracted hummingbird. Wave. Some of the birds are just waving. That's us, Christians. We are waving. We are emotional. It's not easy to stay for all this year. And the long-serving member is my brother. And uh, I really, really thank you for patience and for enduring whatever it happened. There is a pain. There is a joy. You know some of the cats that are scratching you. You know in this ministry also I saw so many things. My wife asking me always slow down. It's okay. God is in control. Yes he is in control. He will give you strength. Yes, he will give you strength. And thank you really for serving the Lord with patience, with love all these years. I thank you, Pastor Jeff. I thank you, your wife and your family. I thank you also for long-serving members here, all of you. Thank you for serving him. Not the church, serving him. And... Uh, I want to read something and then I will give you a brief testimony of how we met Christ Fellowship. And I want you to keep this verse in your mind when I'm talking what I'm saying. In Jude, it said like this. But others save with fear fooling them 
out of the fire, heating even the garments defiled by the flesh. In other translation, it said, snatch them from the fire. Snatch them from the fire. How many of you are ready to snatch them from the fire? How many of you are feeling the days of your brother that ended in hell? In the book of Nehemiah, always it challenges me. He is working in the king's palace. He is a very faithful guy. Where he is uh, a war prisoner, they are immigrates to Persia by defeating Israel. When he heard about Jerusalem, how his poor fathers, his father's cemetery, burial place is discarded. And Jerusalem is destroyed. The holy place is not anymore holy. The temple. He feels that pain. He's not saying, I'm in the king's house. I am very comfortable. I want to challenge you this morning. You are very comfortable where you are. Some of you are, you know, maybe complaining about the cold air condition. It's too cold. Some of you are complaining yesterday it's 110 when we are celebrate out there about that heat. Some of you are complaining about the way you live. But there is urgency outside there. Your brother is going to hell. Your sister is going to hell. Not only overseas. Not only in third world country. Here in your own town, Taylor. There is somebody outside there. Keep this verse. Jude 23. Jude had only one chapter. Number 23. Keep that verse. Imagine it. Snatch them from the fire furnace. They are going to hell. If we are not fulfilling the great commission, what Jesus said, go. Uh, this is our relationship with Christ Fellowship. It surprised me always when I remember how God is using somebody. He is not a respecter of a person. Our God, Jehovah Jara, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, he is a respecter of himself. Always. He is using anybody. He is using each one of you in his own way. We are trying, we are struggling to be used in our own way. That's not working. If you are trying to struggle to be used in your own way, always 
problem is going to come and to take place. But if you allow him, he will use you. I don't know Jab. I don't know his family. I don't know Jim. I, I don't know anybody from Christ Fellowship who came to that praise and worship conference. I don't know. As usual, I love music. I'm crazy. And I'm worshiping. And I came. And I feel the presence of God. At that time, I'm not sleeping in bed or I'm not wearing dressing shoes like this. I wear sandals or sport shoes. My feet are not allow me to wear dressing shoes. I have a scar, big scar, which is bleeding always. I'm taking painkiller for 17 years. And I have migraine headache, which I don't want to start that migraine headache in any way. If it starts, I haven't been gone out from the bed for three, four days. It's very difficult. Then, I took my shoes off. I slain on my face. I'm worshiping God as usual. And something happened. I feel the fire in my body like electricity coming from my feet and going up and my thumb here the half part here was dead I don't have any nerve and it starts twinkling I said what's going on when I feel that electricity passing through my body I said, okay, I think this is the power of God. I just stood up, walked to the altar, kneeling down there and crying that God touched me after 17 years being in painkiller and make a decision. I am going to live that way for the rest of my life. Daily taking painkiller. I can't walk anywhere without that painkiller in my bag. I need to be sure. It's very high dose. And I'm depressed also. I have a depression tablet at that time. I feel that feel and then I went to the altar. I think, Andre, you will remember. Some of you who have been in that present worship conference, you remember that night. On our day prayer, the Lord spoke to us, nobody is not going to speak in that evening. The man who was scheduled from Mexico, whom everybody is really excited to hear from him, and the Holy Spirit said, nobody is not going to speak. And God's presence is filled the place. Everybody is in their knee. Then around 12, I remember, Mom Lindsay, the founder of the school, she stood up. She said, 
If you want to stay, you can stay. If you want to go, just quietly leave the place. This is what we long for it for many years, to see his presence. People got healed through that. People got just come out from so many kind of captivity. Then I stood up and started walking. In the morning, I am the one who is going to open the kitchen. And I, heard, I know I'm, I got healed. I am completely 100% sure. Then this man walked to me. He said, I want to talk to you. I said, what? Uh, you know, I am under the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you know, when you are touched by the Holy Spirit, I, I don't want to talk to people. That's me. I just walk out and keep that presence with me uh, as I can. I don't want to miss him. Then he said, really, I want to tell you something. And he started telling me about my feet. And I look at him, I said, you know what? What? I am persecuted about my face. And this, 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 this happened to me. I take off my sport shoes and the scar is not there. The scar which is there for 17 years. I don't know where it go. I'm healed. I went to my room. I took my shoes. I wear it. Somebody bought me shoes. Maybe you can wear it one day, they said. And I wear it. I slept with that shoes the whole night. And uh, the rest of the story is just may God be glorified. Since that time, that's one of memorable time for me. I don't have any way to forget this family. Then they brought me here. And they don't know me. They put me in region hotel. And uh, I just take the blanket and sleep on the floor. When they are knocking in the morning to take me for breakfast, I am in the floor. They said, what happened? I just slept here. That's what I'm doing. I, I, I'm not sleeping on bed. I have a problem on my back. And beds are not comfortable to me. And wow, if we know that, you are staying with us at that time. They are staying in, uh, what's that house you call? You call with the trailer. You are living in the trailer. Yeah. And uh, these kids are very young. And always I try to win Spencer to take him to Dallas or to Washington, D.C. <laughs> he say yes, yes, and at the end he ran to his mom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Since that time, here we are together, serving him. And he is also, when we start this ministry, Watch and Pray. I came back from Colorado Springs. The Lord gave me the name Watch and Pray. We fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the prayer place in Colorado Springs. And then God gave me this name, 
I don't know how to start. My paperwork is not yet done. Uh, when I came to the school, I came with a deportation case. We start praying. They start to pray for me. And uh, always uh, we are coming and we are having really great time with the Lord. God starting to put us together and I ask them to be my board members. And our ministry was started with this church. He became the board chairman for us. And some of you are also became a board member. And we started running this ministry together. And this ministry was born also from Christ Fellowship. I want you to know that. Uh, through that, we miss so many friends. I remember Jimmy. One night we were praying together. I slept in his house. I haven't seen that. He came. He sneaked to that room and he's praying with me. And at that night, I saw a big lightning in that room. And I start worshiping God just completely. When I finish my prayer around four, Jimmy is kneeling down there and praying with me. I don't know that. And he told me how he feels the presence of God and how he really wants to pray with me always. And the next time when we are praying together again, I ask him one question. If he forgive everybody. He told me something about his mom. And he said, yes, I forgive her. That day, when we pray together here in this place, the hands of the Lord came and took Jimmy home. I know he's gone, but I asked his wife to release him. The time when I asked her that, really, if you remember, some of you are here, it's a very difficult time for her. Let him go. Anyway, he went home. After that, also, just many of our friends from here, from this place, they went home. I'm not forgetting each one of them. And recently, also our sister, which always me and my wife want to see. After she got sick, even her laughter is not changed. When she sees us, she's laughing. But God said this. This is what she said. Everything is okay with me. That's what she said. I am praying. After three days, after I heard this word, she went home. Jav called me and told me she passed away. Yes, 
they went in glory. They are in a better place. One day, one day, we will see them. Anyway, I'm very emotional. Always I, when I came and I see her sitting down there, I see her when she go from room to room and cleaning this church. For many, many years. Maybe her family get mad at her. Why she's doing this? We need to have lunch. <laughs> One day she haven't quit. She, she got sick. After she's sick also sometimes she try. Are you faithful like that? For the Lord? Her children. Her family. Her friends. Go with this question. Are you faithful like Nadine? <coughs> she is very faithful to serve her Lord. I know she gets a reward. Praise God. And that is what the second memory. What happened to me? I am praying here. I saw her sitting down there. At that time, the chair is not like this. Then I feel to pray for her. I call her, and she came, and I put the oil like this, and pour on her, start praying. She starts laughing. Everybody starts laughing. Do you remember that night? I sit down here, and then when we are driving home, I ask Jimmy, Jimmy, what's going on? I haven't seen that kind of things. Sorry. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That's what the Bible said. But I haven't seen the whole church laughing for hour and hour. We left this place quarter to twelve. Do you remember, Jeff? When I asked Jimmy, he said this. Gaetana, you don't know what happened. Why? Nadine, when she prayed for people, She's taking the bottle and she put the oil after it ran over them. When, when you do that, they said God gave her more reward to her and this is the reward of God. That's what it makes people to laugh. Anyway, I didn't forget that day. I didn't forget the day I got healed. And here, this day, sometimes when it comes, I tell to my wife, my wife, my feet starting to feel the same kind of thing which I feel before I got healed. We pray, but still, I'm wearing dressing shoes. I'm walking on it. I'm dancing on it. I didn't forget these two things, what it happened here in this church and through this man. Praise God. And to know about my story, Go to our website, and uh, we have some envelope which I brought. Pass yeah, pass them out, and let you go and see what happened in our country. How we lost our freedom. How I'm asking till 1994, America, keep your freedom alive. 
you are talking about crusades this morning. Most of the time they tell to Christians we did wrong. In Turkey, you don't have any way to talk about Christianity, about the crusade, where the Christians killed Muslims. That is the revenge what they are doing now. And their book also said, kill Christian and Jew without any compromising. If you go and read the book of Quran, if you study, it will help you to know what it means Islam. It is also Antichrist spirit. How we keep America alive? By obeying God. By living according to the word of God. By teaching our children. By making them disciples, not only Christian. I'm tired of this. We are working in seven nations in Africa. Uh, we don't have this big crusade. I don't like it. Who is going to take care of that people after you do the crusade, after 1,000 people got saved? I, am not, I, I don't know if that is true or not. The crusade which is going on in Africa and in India, I don't know. How they are. Really. Can you give the clinics, please? The clinics. Thank you. The reason I was in India, I saw that crusade, every crusade which so and so did. Thousand people came. Next day, also the same thing. Then I asked the pastors. What church is going to disciple these people? This is what Jesus said. I'm not going to teach you another doctrine. This is Bible. Go. Teach them what I taught you. And make them a disciple. Go ahead and read the great Commission. He is not said make them followers. Hey, if you are a follower, try to make yourself disciple of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is what I want to understand. There is a need outside there. And also there is a need in our ministry. If you go to our website, we have a trip now in October to November 13. October 25 to November 13. And I really want this church to be part of that. Many of people, they travel with me from North Carolina, from everywhere. But the church who started this ministry they haven't been or they haven't seen what this ministry is doing. And I leave it for you guys. I leave it to the church from October 25 to November 14. You have been only for 10 days or for 8 days. That's up to you. 
and uh, my main goal in life is to know him and make him known. I don't have another agenda to build up my ministry or my name. In India, they call me apostle, bishop. In Africa, they call me bishop. We have established many churches in Somalia, in Kenya, in Ethiopia, in Djibouti, in South Sudan, in Eritrea. And uh, if you go with us, you are going to meet the persecuted believers. Do you know how many Christians got killed daily? If you go to Open Doors, there is a study which everybody of us agree with it. More than 325 believers killed in a day. We are here for one hour or two hours, two, three Christians got killed about their faith about preaching this good news. They haven't done any crime. They haven't killed anybody. About preaching this good news. In 50 countries, persecution is going on. Even here in America, in some cities, we have a big problem. You can't talk about Jesus at your workplace. You can't pray in public in the name of Jesus. Our marine, our military, the chaplains, they have a big problem. They told them not to pray in the name of Jesus. Yeah, the government and the country is separate. The politics in politics, yeah, we are separate. The church has its own government. But the church is not doing what she does. This is a wake-up call, what I'm doing for you. How can you fulfill the Great Commission? Did you ask yourself one day this question? Have you? I want to read something. You know, Jesus did not die at Calvary for our comfort. They will tell you peace, joy, this and that. Uh, I have joy, full joy. I have peace. Always my prayer is this. Whatever happened, whatever is going on in my life, I don't want this peace for a minute to depart from me. I have. But Jesus is not died for my comfort. Most of the time we think we, he died for our comfort. Wrong. He tried to take us out from our comfort zone. He came from heaven to earth. He left his glory. In the Bible it says this. When he left his glory and when he became somebody, he's not thinking. He humbled himself. He is not Fighting for his glory. He's fighting for me and for you. He left everything there. 
died on the cross. He was born in manger. Is that guy did all this thing for me and for you to be comfortable and to sit down in this kind of chair and to worship in this kind of building? Sure indeed, to have this building, to have this chair, somebody paid a price to preach the good news, to be trained and to go out and give Jesus to somebody, not to keep for yourself. Praise God, hallelujah, I'm, I'm tired. The way the church is doing in West, I'm tired. If you study the history also, I'm glad you are studying on your morning Bible study. Please come to that study and study the church history. They are not gave up one day. This is my question for you today. Who is Paul? The man who wrote the epistles after the book of Acts. He wrote all this how to live the life. The Philippines, the Romans. For me and you to study that word, to live according to that word. Who is Peter? The guy who denied one time Jesus. The guy who said to Jesus, no, 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 this is not going to happen to you. And Jesus said, you Satan, go back. I'm coming to fulfill the will of God here on earth. I'm not coming to be comfortable. I'm not coming to boast, saying I'm the king of kings, I'm the lord of lords. And God gave us also a covenant. If my people who called by my name humble themselves, pray, turn back from their wicked way, do you think this is written for pagans only? Do you think it's for me and for you? Yes. Sin is in the house of the Lord. Not to share Jesus is a big sin. And belief is a big sin of church. For what I'm repenting. I'm a righteous person. I pay my tithe. I go to church twice, three times in a week. Are you sure? Is that enough? Deal with it. There is no crown without the cross. The people who left before us, I, I just spoke in the beginning, they are getting their own crown. I wish if I see them. I'm very jealous, Jab, you know that? For the people who departed before me. Yeah, I'm very jealous, always. I don't want to stay on this earth. 
if I am not serving him or doing something for God's glory. I don't want. Let his will be done in my life, in my stay on earth. There is no crown without the cross. Are you willing to carry your cross? If you are not carrying your cross and if you are not following me, you are not mine, that says the Lord. Let me prophesy now. It's a prophetic word which is written in this Bible. This is a prophecy word. Would you like to carry your cross today? Like Peter. Like James. Like Paul. Like Mark. Like Matthew. Or just trying to play a game. Brothers, sisters, there's urgency outside there. Urgency. For such a time like this. That's what they said to Esther. When that guy brought that thing to kill every Jew, Merdokia said, maybe for such a day like this, you are in the king's house. If you are not doing what you need to do, God will arise somebody from somewhere for the salvation of the Jew. But you and your father's family don't have any way. Sure indeed. If you are silent about Taylor, I will tell you today. God will bring somebody from outside. But here, God called you to this city. Drug dealers. Hey, name it. Teenage pregnancy. Depression. How many of you have been in prison here in jail? In Taylor. How many of you? Don't say I don't have time. The Lord gave us 24 hours. Eight hours for bed, eight hours for work. Okay, let me say we work 12 hours. What are you doing with the rest of hours? Have you tied your Time to the Lord. Can you make that decision? To give time to the Lord. To dedicate yourself and your time to the Lord. Hey. There is no blessing without the burden. There is no conquest without conflict. The Bible tells us to fight the good fight of faith. Take a stand. For the Lord. There are burdens to carry. And giants to weep. It's not a time to sit down. We have a giant. Which is killing Christian day by day. Day by day. In Middle East. In Africa. They make a decision to make Africa. Within these hundred years. To a Muslim continent. All in all. Gaddafi is the one who said that. He's not there today. Lord have mercy. Don't boast. Boast in him. 
money, talent, everything, you leave it here. You are not going to take it to heaven. I want you to know that. I don't want to take anything to the cemetery. I made this decision a long time ago. Gift or whatever. Money, whatever. I don't want to take it to that cemetery. I want to give it away today. I want to share my beloved Jesus to everybody. In the hospital, outside of the hospital, you know, I don't know, in some reason, always I meet people in Starbucks Cafe or HEB or hospital or jail. Three people, they just fought me in jail in, uh, uh, in La Mesa, uh, not in La Mesa, in uh, Colorado City, near to McLean, uh, near to Midland where I live. Uh, before yesterday, I got an information that three of them gave their life to the Lord. They converted from Islam. We have a giant which is facing the church, which is facing the believers. He is mocking the church like Goliath. Who is David? Who is taking five rocks from the water? from the river, and walked to Goliath. He said, I'm coming to you in the name of God, whom you are mocked. He is not talented person in a war. He is only anointed God, anointed of God. He is not boasting even about his anointing. Like nowadays, I have a healing gift. I have this in this. In Jesus' name, I have the prosperity gift. If I lay my hand on you, you are going to... Lord, this is not the message. This is not the message. Yes, this gospel is a prosperity gospel. My God, yes, he is. He is just owning heaven and earth. He brought all these stars. He created everything. I'm more than a billionaire. Hey. I'm worshiping a big God. Who knows everything? But humbly, I'm trying to serve him. I encourage you. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Snatch them. Your brothers and sisters are dying without Jesus. Give them Jesus. Billy Graham's daughter, Anna Graham, she said, that's only what I need. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Are you willing to do that? I left the other to your pastor. Thank you for allowing me to share. There's really not much to add to that. I asked Gitana to, uh, to challenge us last week. Uh,
I preached about the Great Commission. We looked at the Great Commission in all four Gospels in the book of Acts. This is what we are commanded to do. And I appreciate the truth. It's one thing I can always count on Gitana. He will always give us the truth. And when you come from where him and Wasani came from, and they go back and they minister and they plant these churches in areas where the people that come to faith in Christ in these areas of the world know that when they profess their faith in Christ, they have literally put their lives on the line. They're not worried about whether they're going to be ridiculed or called names or laughed at. A few years ago when Gitana was here, he brought undercover photographs of a man in Somalia who was buried up to his neck and he was given one last chance to deny Christ. And before they buried him above his arms, he pointed up into the air in defiance and he said he would not deny his Savior. Those were difficult photos to look at. They stoned that man to death for his faith. That's not an exception over there. That's the rule over there. And I appreciate what Gitana said because he's not asking you to go to Ethiopia and preach the gospel. He's asking you to walk out this door right here and preach the gospel to your friends and your neighbors because people in Taylor need Jesus. Forty years ago, Christ Fellowship Church was planted here, right here in the heart of Taylor, Texas. And it was planted here because Clifford and Cheryl Staten had a burden from the Lord to see the gospel preached in this community, to make disciples in this community. I read the scripture that we are named after, Christ Fellowship Psalm 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. The future of this house is ultimately in the hands of the Lord. But your consistent faithfulness is a vital part of fulfilling the future God has for this church. And part of that is to raise up the generations that come after us. All these little babies running around here, they're not going to raise themselves. They're not going to just one day decide that they're going to believe in Jesus. They may, but the Bible commands us to raise up the generations, to teach them the fear and the nurture of the Lord to teach them the value of what God has commanded us to be and what He has commanded us to do. We are all a part of this body. We are a part of the body of Christ through faith in Jesus Christ. And the future of this house will depend in no small way on each of us doing our part in the grace of God. And we need to come to realize that God empowers all of us from the least to the greatest. 
to do His will and to do the work of ministry and to carry out His will to give witness to this gospel and to His glory. I can't stress enough how important you are. Each of you are important. And you're you're, you're important not because God needs you. I want you to understand this. God does not need us. But God has chosen us. God didn't need to create man. He chose to create man. God doesn't need to save anyone. God has chosen to save. And He's chosen to bring salvation through the gospel that will be preached through human beings. You're here every week to be equipped to go out and make a difference. You are important because God has chosen you to be a part of His body and to play a part in seeing the gospel preached and the glory of God fill the earth. Today we celebrate our history, but in reality we are celebrating His story. And you are a part of His story. And you and I are called to play our parts well. We see this in the Bible. Peter and Judas were a part of God's story. They played very different parts. What is your part? I believe your part as you sit and you hear the gospel week in and week out, as you have heard this man who puts his life on the line and goes to these nations that many of us would be frightened to even step foot in, you're hearing the gospel call. You're hearing the words of Jesus. You're hearing God call you to go. To be disciples and to make disciples. One day we will all face our maker. And God is not going to ask us how much money we made. He's not going to ask us how far we climbed the career ladder. He's not going to ask us how big the house was we lived in. He's not going to ask us what our favorite flavor of ice cream was. What's going to matter is... Did we do what he commanded us to do? And he commands us to do a lot of things. But this we know for sure. He commands us to love him more than we love anyone or anything else. And he commands us to go and to make disciples. Church, that's why we are here. If we're not going to spend our next 40 years doing that, we might as well pack it up and go home right now. That's why we're here. It's a decision that you and I have to make every day. Am I going to fulfill what Jesus has commanded me to do? I pray that you will.